Yo, what's up, y'all? This is Game Lemonade. This is Weechon Ray. I'm Weechon. I'm Ray. And uh, <laughs> we we missed Saturday, uh, but we're here now. That's what matters, right? And yeah, if y'all recall, we're going to be talking about Bloodstain, but for the rest of this, I'm going to hand it over to Ray and Ray and let the people know. Hey, welcome, everybody. We're Today, we're going to be talking about Bloodstain, which is one of, it's probably my favorite game of 2019. I, I love that game. That game was amazing. Which that was the that was the year it was released. It was released in June 2019. And if you didn't know what the game is, it is it was a Kickstarter game by Koji Igarashi, who was who is, not was, who is. Uh he's a game developer. He's a producer for many years at Konami. And he gave us one half of the Metroidvania genre. He gave us the Vania with Symphony of the Night, which if I remember correctly, came out in 97. And that was his second project at Konami that went through. Cause he, he was in a couple that got, uh, they just got like thrown under the rug. They're like, that's oh, not working. Just, uh, throw that away. He's also apparently Koji Garashi was really big in the, uh, the bullet hell genre. The first game that he ever worked at at Konami was a bullet hell, which is really interesting to think about because I don't really think I don't associate him with that genre. So was Castlevania his first one or something like that? That was his first one. Castlevania. Yeah, technically the first game that he worked on, he was in the special thanks for Rondo of Blood because his wife worked on it. Then girlfriend. Yeah, he he worked on Rondo of Blood. Did you ever play Rondo of Blood or have you ever seen I it played? played? I've seen it a little bit. Is that the one with? Oh, man, I'm going to put myself on the spot. It's not Trevor, right? No, it's the one with Richter. It's the first game that has Richter, Richter Belmont. Is is Rondo the Blood the one where in the remake, I think, you can play Symphony of the Night within Rondo of the Blood? No, uh, Rondo of Blood is you get to you can play Richter Belmont in Symphony of the Night if you name your character Richter because Konami loves doing that. Mm-hmm. And uh, he in the lore of Castlevania, he was the strongest Belmont. He's like the physically and magically the strongest Belmont. So Symphony of the Night, uh, Ray, that was on the PS1, right? Yes, it was, it was a PlayStation one game. Yes. And then it's been ported. Pretty much play this on everything, right? Yeah. It's been ported to everything. I think I own it on the 360 is where I played it. Yeah. Was that the first time you played it? No, no. I had played it like in 2000. I had a friend who had it in high school or not high school. Sorry. In middle school. And it was one of those things where I played the original Castlevania on the NES and I went through the first level, got stuck and stopped playing because that game is notoriously hard. And uh, and then my friend was like, hey, man, like he was playing the game while I was at his house. I was playing like I think I, I might have been playing Pokemon or something. And he was like, yo, check this game out. It's sick. And I was just like, holy shit, that game is sick. It had voice acting. It's terrible. But that, that, you know, that's what, that's the first, or maybe not the first game, but that's where we get the, the famous Alucard that everybody loves. That's the, the game where he's the playable character, but he has his own Netflix show, man. I mean, he's kind in of. a Netflix show. Cast. Also, he's a big part of it. Uh, I don't know if this is technically a sidetrack or not. You should watch that show. It's good. And it's, uh, they've already released the final season. I've seen season one. It was four seasons. I've seen season one. Season, Let me ask you this. Season one was good. Co- uh, comparatively, how are the rest of the seasons compared to season one? Because I, th- I thought season one was was good. I, I thought it was like you know above average. I, th- I thought it was pretty good. One is really good. I like two. Two is really good too. 
three is really slow. Like season three was made so that we could have season four. It's about it. Like, so season okay. three is like, it takes a real big dip. Like, so st- is it a bunch of setup? Yeah, it's all setup. And it keeps jumping between setups. Like, it's just like, oh, this is Trevor and Saifa. And now this is Camilla and what she's doing. And now we have to deal with Isaac and what he's doing. And then it just keeps jumping in between the three. And then at the end, you get the culmination of everything. And it's just like, oh, man, I got nothing but questions. And then four happens. And then it all takes off from there. Okay. Which that's, is cool because it, help, it helps season four a lot because season four has like almost no setup. Stuff is just happening because season three did all the setup. I like that. I, I do want to watch it. That's definitely on my next. Yeah, it's uh, good. It, it's a good show. But watch. Symphony of the Night is the game that gave us the combination of Metroid and Castlevania. And Iga himself was a producer on it. I, I believe he was like, he he did like the storyboards for the game. So it's all him essentially for the story. Ego worked on a total of 15 Castlevania games, which is a lot. That's going through like PS1, PS2, PS- DS. Yeah. All he did like all the DS games. He did all of the Game Boy Advance games. He did. Oh, not all of them. He did. He didn't do the first one. And, uh, he also, uh, what's it called? He did not only the major story parts of the games, but he'd also coded in some of the original games because he he taught himself after he taught himself how to code in basic and assembly, which to someone who doesn't code sounds like an impossibility of letters, numbers, and jumbles. It just sounds difficult. Do you know what the last game he was that he worked on, Castlevania wise? Castlevania wise, off the Top of my head, I think it's, uh, I want to say it was Harmony of Dissonance, but I don't remember. That was on the DS, right? I believe. I don't know. I thought Harmony of Dissonance was on the 360. Oh, you're right. Is that the multiplayer one? I think. Or is that Harmony of Despair? That's Harmony of Despair. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Harmony of Despair was the multiplayer one. That one's actually cool. I think I own it. <laughs> I've heard it's actually pretty fun. I'm yeah. gonna put it myself. It also but... it also has my favorite Castlevania protagonist, which is an Alucard. Is uh, for it has, me, it has a bunch of different protags, right? Mm-hmm. It has. Uh, I know it has Alucard. It has Soma, who's my favorite, and then there's like two more. I think it has Simon and somebody else. I don't remember because it all takes place with, within a grimoire of. That's the story of it, where it's it's a book that holds the memories of Dracula's castle. So it's like, oh, it's all the ultimate evils of Dracula's castles, but then all the good. So you get Alucard, you get, and that's the story. You play as it in multiplayer. It really sucks. I never got to play it in multiplayer with friends, but I remember it being really fun. I mean, it sounds cool, man. It sounds like, you know, a good spinoff game. So you can have a bunch of yeah. fun with your, with your buds and whatnot. Yeah. Especially but, like Castlevania. Yeah. at And towards the end of Igarashi's career in uh, at Konami, it was he was working on a Castlevania game, and he kept he kept on like throwing the game away, like not throwing the game away, but he's just like, "That's ah, going nowhere. It's going nowhere. Going nowhere." And that's when the people who made uh, Lords of Shadow mm-hmm. they were, they essentially took all of his i not all of his ideas, but the ones where he was just like, uh, "I don't think they're super good," and they were like, "Okay, cool," and then they made. Lords of Shadow. That's why, like, Lords of Shadow hits, like, mixed reviews from the fans. How do you feel about that game? It's 
it's a fun beat em up. I think that, uh, I don't know. It doesn't feel like Castlevania y because the thing about, or at least like Metroidvania, is that it doesn't really have like an open explorative map. It's kind of linear from what I can remember. Because, like, when it comes to Lords of Shadow, what's like the closest thing Castlevania wise that was, you know, similar to that? Was it like uh, Lament or Lament of Innocence? Yeah, Lament, Lament of Innocence or Curse of Darkness. Not Curse of Darkness. Um, uh, it was the PS2 one. Was it Curse of Darkness? Yeah, it was Curse of Darkness. Tur- Curse of Darkness is the one where it's kind of similar, and so is Lament of Innocence, where it's a beat 'em up as opposed to a. Were they beat em ups or hack and slash? Hack and or... slash. They were hack and slash. They were beat em ups. Sorry, hack and slash. And but those games still felt very Metroidvania y because it was a map. Like you had to explore mm-hmm. the map and getting keys or getting like. You know, getting this one ability lets you progress in another map, and then you just like move from area to area, and you could progress. Do you know this was around the same time where you know how Metroid became Metroid Prime and it became three D, open free camera? Was uh, this like around the same time that that shit was going on? Metroid Prime came out in what, like two thousand four or five. I mean, so, I think that's it's something the like that. I, I can't remember because I never played Prime. I didn't have a GameCube. Mm-hmm. I, I played it, but again, at people's houses. But yeah, Lament of Innocence came out in 03. So it makes sense where, where those games were starting to jump into 3D. Like 3D. But the thing that's cool is that Metroid Prime and Lament of Innocence and Curse of Darkness still felt like Metroidvania games, even though they weren't 2D. They They still felt like you're exploring a map and you have to acquire items to get new areas to go get better things to go back to do other things like it's very metroidvania which is really cool and i enjoyed those games a whole bunch and uh with you know the castlevania genre especially with lords of shadow and especially lords of shadow 2 lords of shadow 2 was not good nobody liked that game like it it was received super poorly I don't remember the game playing bad because I did play Lords of Shadow 2. I, I played a little bit of it. And it was one of those games where I was like, oh, th- this feels good, but I don't I don't care about the character. And that's not good. <laughs> I played part one, Lords of Shadow 1. I want to say I gave it two, three hours before I just stopped playing because it wasn't what I was looking for. I yeah. looked on, look on a sale and I was playing it and I saw the name Castlevania. I'm like, oh, it's been a minute. You know, it's been a while. Let me try this out. And it wasn't what I expected, and I I don't know. I I know some people say it's really good, like you were talking about. Yeah, it's it's mixed reviews. It's one of those things where I I felt the same way as you did. Like I saw Castlevania, and I'm like, hell yeah, I love Symphony of the Night. I love Aria Sorrow is my favorite. Aria Sorrow and Donna Sorrow are my two favorite Castlevania games. And I'm like, hell yeah, let's get more Castlevania. And then I started playing it, and I was like, this isn't what I wanted. Like it's cool that you know there's a Belmont character in 3D and the the hack and slash is pretty fun, but it's like, nah. And then it also suffered from the God of War. Like there's way too many quick time events. And like, like I, I've always hated in boss fights, especially when a quick time event insta kills you and God of War suffered from that pretty hefty, at least the earlier games where it's like, Oh mash, you didn't do it fast enough. Oh, you're dead. Game over. And it's like, uh, did re four have that too? Would, did we get oh, to restart? Yeah. No, right? you, it like, it was kind of like we were talking about Hollow Knight uh, last episode. It's very much like that. You die and it just moves you back to a place that you've been or to right before the quick time event. 
So you can die over and over and over and over again. It doesn't matter. Oh, okay. It's like, okay. oh, game over. And then you just, because they always put saves near them. Unless you're doing boss fights, which is like the Krauser fight and like other that stuff. Because I, re- I remember, you know, when you're running down the Mash, and then you have down. to like hit the button combinations. Yeah, it was kind of crazy. Like, okay. That was cool. I, I enjoyed that. But back to Koji Igarashi, because he's, he's kind of cool. He goes to events in a cowboy hat with the leather whip, and it's kind of lame, and I love it. I want to, I, I, I'm glad you brought that up because my favorite part about Koji, this dude named the shit, what, Igavania, right? Igavania, yeah. He doesn't give a shit. This guy's out in a cowboy hat with the leather whip, like you just explained, and he, I respect that he doesn't give a shit, and he's going to do his thing no matter what. I also, I also really dig that not only did, uh, like Egovania because Castlevania before him was nothing like Castlevania after him. So it makes sense. He's like, Oh, I'm gonna call it Egovania. And everybody's like, Oh, he's so conceited. There's Castlevania before that. I was like, yeah, but it ain't the same. It ain't Egovania. It ain't Egovania. He, it's Castlevania. Protect, play his games. Yeah. They're, play his games. They're amazing games too. I don't think I've ever played a Castlevania game in the style of Ega, like an Egovania game that wasn't fun. They're all Go play fun. his game. And go back and play a different one, and you'll see why they're called Egovanians. All right. I'm going to give you... If you wanted to play a Castlevania game that's very similar, because talking about Bloodstained, Ega himself said in an interview that he thinks that Bloodstained Ritual of the Night is a spiritual successor to Symphony of the Night, which I think is correct, but I think this game has more in common with, with Castlevania Aria and Dawn of Sorrow than... Symphony of the Night at all. Like, it's just Aria Sorrow and this and Bloodstained are they're amazing games and they share so much in common. Like, the like the, the type of um, the shards in Aria Sorrow, they're souls. And it's the same thing. You kill enemies and they give you abilities. And it's just, it's really fun. The controls are super tight, which every, we talked about this in the Hollow Knight episode. If you have a Metroidvania game and, you're, and your controls aren't tight, you're not playing the game right. Like, that's 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 not the way it should work. Yeah, man, but... No, I, I I agree. If if you feel... There has to be, like, the right weight on your character. It can't feel super... I don't know. Like, you know, it's... It can't feel super floaty. You want the animations not to be stiff, but to not be too over-exaggerated, too. It just has to feel... There's, like, a perfect balance somewhere in the middle where... Yeah, like, it, it, I know... It's not too over-exaggerated. This is gonna sound stupid, and I don't know if anybody out there, the controls have to feel correct. That's it. Like, it doesn't matter if you have a slide. It doesn't matter if you don't have a slide, a pogo jump, jump. In the context of the game, it has to feel correct. Because we've talked about Hollow Knight and we're, we're talking about Bloodstained. And I just beat a game called Blasphemous. And those games don't move anything like each other other than there's a jump. But in the world and in the space that the game gives you, the movement makes sense, which is everything you want in a Metroidvania game. Especially in a game like Bloodstained, which is more combat-focused as opposed to uh, the platforming focus of Hollow Knight. At least in my opinion. I, I would agree. Blood Bloodstained is... I'm pretty sure we'll get into it later on, but th- it's how we were talking with the with the friend earlier, and it's Hollow Knight and Bloodstained are the same, but different. But kind of not the same. They're the same, but not the same. Yeah, it's true. Where it, they have their focus is shine on different parts of the game. Yeah, uh, Hollow Knight specifically is more. I feel it's a more platforming centric. 
where you have to be very aware of the way your character moves. And Bloodstained is more combat focused where you have to be aware where you are as opposed to the enemy. And it's just, it's very difficult to explain, but when you play both games, you'll instantly pick it up. You're like, oh, that's what they meant. But Koji Igarashi worked at Konami for 22 years. He worked from 1992, which I don't remember the month, but until March 2014, because he just, he wanted to get a Castlevania game made and he just wasn't, the company wasn't going where he wanted it to because they started doing like Pachinko and like they started doing, I don't know if Konami ever did mobile, but oh, I mean, Konami does mobile with Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links because not a lot of people remember that. Not only does Konami make Castlevania, but they also make Yu-Gi-Oh! And Yu-Gi-Oh! Makes, probably makes big money. I know I suck a bunch of money into Yu-Gi-Oh! So I don't fault them for being Yu-Gi-Oh! focused as opposed to game focused because... It's money. Yeah, it's money. They just make more we, money. We all know Konami with... Even before Igarashi with, you know, Kojima. Oh, yeah. Where... Konami's focus is no longer on the video game side of their industry. So It's like Sega. How Sega makes, uh, they also make Pachinko Machine, don't they? I don't know. Uh, maybe? Uh, I thought that was correct, but I mean, I I didn't, I don't know. They, I know I know they ran the arcades and whatnot, which I believe are no longer open because of the pandemic, but they might have run Pachinkos. I'm not sure. I know Konami for sure. Like, that's the thing. Like, Konami Pachinkos, New Metal Gear, what do you put? What, new Metal Gear Pachinko. Yeah. All righty. Yeah, that's it's pretty They have bad. a lot of IPs, man, that are being wasted, and... It's thanks to, you know, Kojima left, Igarashi left, and he's like, hey, I'm going to go make my own stuff because y'all ain't doing shit with it. Yeah, man. And it worked. I want, like, he left Konami in March. In September, he had already started the art play, which was the company that developed Bloodstained. And when he dis- when he had the companies, when he launched the Kickstarter, how much do you think he asked for in Kickstarter? Let me take a guess. A game like Hollow Knight. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a reference. It's six, it's six figures. All right, six figures. Oh, buddy, how many employees do they have? Correct. You you probably, you probably don't know that right off the top of your head. No, (laughs) stretch that. I'm gonna say he wanted a hundred and fifty thousand. He wanted five hundred thousand. Holy shit! My bad. How much do you think they raised? Okay, I know it's in the millions. Oh yeah. Is it under five million? No. I'm gonna um, say it is not under five million, but it is under six million. I'm gonna say I'm gonna guess with uh five point three million. Five point five million. I mean, you know, it made I should have kept it made buku money. People wanted this game. I wanted this game the first time I saw it, and I saw the you know like blood stained because it's like stained glass and crystals and shards and stuff. I thought that was cool. I was like, hell yeah. When I saw Miriam absorb a shard for the first time, I was 100% bought into the game. Because I was like, Arya Sorrow, let's go. I was bought in. I saw Igarashi, in. man. I was bought in when I saw Igarashi. Because it had been a minute. Well, the thing, I hadn't played this game since the DS. The, the thing that had me reluctant about uh, Koji Igarashi was... Uh, is it Inafune? The guy who did Mega Man? KG. Yeah, yeah KG Inafune. Uh, because he did Mighty uh, Number no. 9, Mighty and no. that game was critically panned. People did not like that game. I'll tell you what. A lot of people do like that game. Yeah. I think... I don't know this game. I don't know that game shit. I haven't played it myself, so I'm not going to sit here and tell you that the game's trash. I know a lot of people but didn't like it. 
I know a, a, like a, I would probably say the majority of people didn't like it on release. Yeah. But I know people don't hold as bad of or negative of an opinion on the game as they did when it first released because yeah. the game's kind of different, even though like it's not Mega Man, but it was still kind of fun. I don't know. From what you I know, saw, I, it didn't really interest me, but I know some people do like it, so I, I don't want to trash the game too bad. But No, I wouldn't trash the game. I, point, I, I just know it, it was critically panned. I know that f- yeah. at release, a lot of people didn't like it. I, I can see why people would be scared after seeing what happened with uh, you know, Yeah, but I mean, when I got my hands on the game, it released in June, and I don't think I got it more than a week after launch. 2019, I, right? Yeah, it was 2019 in June. And I want to say, if I didn't get it in June, I got it in July. Like I, I, it was a quick turnaround because I love those kinds of games. And first impression of the game was like, holy shit, it's Symphony of the Night. Like it's Symphony of the Night, Arya Sorrow put together, and those are two monster games. And then in my head, I had that little nagging bug. I was like, there's no way this game is good. They, can you back that fast? It's like, oh, 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 oh. I was you like, oh, I mean? you can back that. Oh, okay. Like, oh, what souls do you get? How often do they drop? And then before I knew it, I was, I was in it. I was playing the game every day. I loved the game. It took me less than a week to beat the main story. And then to do, and uh, I completed the game. I did everything. <laughs> Did we play this at the same time? Did we both play this on release? Uh, I don't remember. I think if we didn't, it was literally like two weeks difference. I was playing it. I was like, yo, we chose this game's fire. And you're like, are you sure? I'm like, yes, 100%. This game is fire. And we played it together. Or like we were playing it at the same time. I want to okay. say I want to say you beat the game before I did because I was trying to do completion you're trying routes. trying to do like the, the, the food stuff. I, I, was trying to, I was trying to complete the game before I beat the last boss. Which, in hindsight, was a mistake. I was way too strong. Oh, for like the oh yeah, yeah, because I did OD before I beat the last boss. I don't know, man. Like I can't not sing this game's praises. This game, to me, as a Metroidvania game in the style of Egovania, is one of the best Egovania games. It's Aria Sorrow, Symphony of the Night, and Bloodstained. Those are the three. And the only reason I have Aria Sorrow above Symphony of the Night is because I love Aria Sorrow way more than Symphony of the Night. <laughs> yeah, I mean that, that that's that's completely fair. But the game's really fun. That's one with Soma, right? Soma Cruz. Soma Cruz, yeah. That that one's the one that got me back into it because I played Symphony of the Night, and then I might have played like Circle of the Moon, one of the the Game Boy Advance games. And I was like, okay. And then Aria Sorrow came out, and I I want to say I beat that game at least once a week during high school. I just I would be in class and instead of doing my work like a good kid, I would just sit in the back on my my Game Boy SP. It was playing Aria Sorrow. I I love that game. I want to talk about the way the weapons work in Bloodstained Ray, but I don't know if you want to talk about anything beforehand before we get to that. I don't know if you had like some kind of order that you wanted to go through or No, well, uh, we can talk about weapons. Um this game's variety in weapons is really good. Especially with the technique system, where some weapons don't have certain techniques, it can completely change not only the way you play the game, but the way you play the game with certain weapons and certain types, which is really cool. This is what I want to talk about, mainly because it was honestly one of my favorite parts of the game, uh, along with like the whole soul power system too, the shard system, where in the first hour of the game, I want to say you get, what, like three 
three to five different weapons. Oh yeah, I, it runs you through the gamut of weapons. It really does. You know, you you get your whip, you get firearms, you get your oh sword. my god, and that's because the guns are actually they're pretty good. The the yeah, they're not yeah. shabby. And each one, you know, obviously they don't they don't have a big move set, but you can unlock more techniques for them by finding the appropriate like scripts or little books that allow you to use techniques for certain weapons. So there's not too much variance, but yeah. there is some. Because at the end of the day, you have like one type of attack. You know, you jump, you can jump, attack, stand, attack, or crouch, attack. If I remember correctly, there are ten weapon types in the game. Ten. So ten. So we're introduced to like a, a handful. It's and probably they, they one, don't. Two, three, it's four. not too much. You know, they yeah, don't, uh, I think it's like five. Is it five? It's like five or six. Like they 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 move you through them pretty quick because because we get the the boots, the wit, you get the, the boots, firearm, the, the sword. sword, the great sword, and the claymore. You get the rapier. You get the whip. The katana, the uh, the club, which is the mace and stuff, which is it's they're all very similar. Like I think the mace and the sword have like the same attack animation, but it, it's they move you through them. The spears, which I didn't really use. I think spears is the one that I use the least. If I'm I, I yeah, I'd probably agree. And the cool thing is that again, their moveset is limited. You get more techniques as you progress through the game, but I know we talked about this in the Hollow Knight episode too. I know uh. You know, it was a big pet peeve of mine where even though the moveset isn't very complicated or diverse or what have you, using something different and them looking different, it felt cool, man. It felt yeah. like, hey, man, I'm doing something different. I'm still playing the game, same enemies, but I'm playing it differently. And to me, I, I want to know how you feel about this too, Ray. Like, it felt good, man. Just switching oh, around. Yeah. And being, like, hey, I, I want to use this. I want to use that. And you just keep going on. Like even that. like weapons looking different was cool. Like, um, you're, um, I know you were talking about this, but something like the greatsword had the pelicus, which is technically an axe, and the damage is at the head and not the stick. So not only does it look different, but it acts different. Or certain weapons having f- longer ranges, having defensive techniques, especially for katanas. And the technique system is super cool and super fun just because it's like the techniques or the spells in Symphony of the Night where you, you put an input in and you get a special reaction where, you know, Alucard used to shoot ghosts and use Dark Metamorphosis, which is the one I used on accident all the time. But in this game, just like I know the boots, the first boots you get gives you the the triple kick. Ein, yeah, zwei, kind of, drei. Yeah. Yeah, you get the... Um, what are the... Rekkas is a fighting game yeah, term. Yeah, they're, they're Rekkas, yeah. They're Rekkas. Yeah, where it's like motion input, motion input, motion input, and you'll get something different as you do them consecutively. Refresh my memory here, Ray. When it came to the weapons and the techniques, the techniques that you would acquire from the books, they were specific to named weapons, right? Not like all swords get this, all katanas yes, get this, correct. Right? So it it's just like, it would say weapons. like... This technique can be used with this, this, or this weapon. And it didn't tell you what type the weapon was. So you would see it's like, oh, great, uh, like running slash. And it would be like, it would say like eternal blue. And you just have to know what the eternal blue is. Eternal blue. Which is, fun fact, it's the strongest weapon in the game. It's the best weapon in the game, I think. For greatsword, for a greatsword build, it's the best weapon. I know... They actually nerfed some of the stuff in this game. I don't they, know if they, they nerfed, nerfed weapons, but I know they nerfed spells. Oh yeah, they did. They had to. Uh, you want to let's go on to talking about shards because that's a big part of the game where 
it completely changes the way you can play the game. So, Bloodstained has enemies. You kill enemies, and enemies have a percentage drop rate for a salt for a shard. Sorry, for a shard, there are multiple types of shards. There are red shards, blue shards, yellow shards, and purple shards, which are your bullet. It's your bullet shards, which is you press your upper face button because depending on whatever triangle or Y, whatever you're playing on, and you'll shoot a projectile or you'll do something and you'll fire it in front of you. Red souls, or not red souls, purple souls are when you use your right analog stick, which is new to this game, which is awesome. You can, Miriam will stick her hand out and aim. And when you push the, I believe it's one of the trigger buttons, the right trigger, R2, if you're playing on a PlayStation, and it'll fire a spell in the direction you're pointing. Some spells... Omnidirectional aiming, Yeah, man. omnidirectional aiming. And... When the game first came out, those were the most broken type of soul in the game because of the fucking twin-headed dragon boss. That soul broke the game on launch because it did way too much damage. And they there was a couple it. of souls that had that, right? The, spi- the spiral sword. The spiral, the, the one that was persistent, yeah, right? The heretical grinder. The only reason I know the name of yeah, the soul, the shard, one. is because <laughs> I used it till the end of the game. I didn't use any other directional shard i only use the heretical grinder because it was some... amazing let me ask you that when it came to the shard and the heretical grinder could you feel the difference like you would equip the different shard would you be like oh no, yeah i'm you, going like, back. I, was like, like, oh, uh, I think until you get to the end of the game when you can start to because this game has crafting which we'll talk about later which i have opinions um you could change some of the souls that you got and turn them into other souls that turn them into like laser beams and those are probably the best ones like the the holy light one i don't remember the yeah. name of that soul because you get it towards the end of the game yeah it's a command man one yeah and you just aim up and you shoot holy light and like almost all the enemies in the game are weak to it so it's just like all right cool like why would i not use this but your yellow souls are your passive soul so that's when if you have the shard equipped it gives you an ability through the power of crafting, this is where these shards, in my opinion, change the game completely. Yellow shards, when you go into the crafting area, you can upgrade your shards. So I think you can increase their rank. Grade is equipped because you have nine, you have nine grades, nine ranks. Grades, if you absorb the same the same soul again or the same shard, sorry, I keep making that mistake and I'm going to keep making it. When you absorb a new shard or if you absorb the same shard, it gives it a, either a damage boost or a speed boost. It gives it a boost of some kind. And when you increase the rank of a soul, it changes what the soul does kind of where it'll be like instead of firing one projectile, you'll fire two. Or maybe three or four. Or maybe you'll get bigger projectiles, faster projectiles. It'll pierce enemies, so on and so forth. It's stuff that makes sense, you know? Yeah. It's it, something it, like, whoa, like it completely changes the ability. No, it's it's within the same ground. Yeah, yeah. You know, firing one gradual. arrow. Instead of firing one arrow, you fight two. Instead of fighting two, you fight three. Instead of three, you'll four. So on and so forth. Which is cool because some souls have like critical arts. I don't know if you've ever noticed that. Specifically with the bat soul. If you upgrade the grade and rank of the bat soul, you'll fire the uh, a stream of bats, but you have a chance of firing one giant bat. 
I never knew that. Does yeah. every soul have that? I don't know about every sorry, soul. Sorry. I know some of them do. Shards. Whatever. We're, it, souls are shards. Right. They're let's interchangeable. Talk it, it, yeah. We'll just leave it at that. All That's right. how it's going to say. Sorry. It's going to be souls are shards. They're the same thing. Yeah. But it will it has a chance of being like, oh, it's a big... It'll be like one huge bat projectile as opposed to the four or five medium bats that it'll fire. But so so every single shard had something. I like don't that? know. That's the thing because okay, okay. I I love this game and I've played this game, but I don't like the first playthrough. Experimenting everything was super fun because I I think I've beaten this game twice. The second playthrough was literally like I only need this soul, I only need this soul, and I only need this soul. When it came to the passive shards, I recall I haven't played this game since you know the release. Which you know, I I passed it and you know I I fucked it up, but not like you. Yeah, no, I completed the game. You, I did everything. You, you took it to town. I oh, you yeah. know I just the one night. Um, you could make the passive shards permanent, right? Yes, that's what I was talking about with grades and ranks. If you upgrade your yellow shards, and if you make them rank nine, it auto equips them, and you can turn them on or off without having the soul equipped. If you have the yellow, if you have the yellow shard equipped, it will stack on top of the passive one that you've gained. And you can, I, I have a save where I did it with every yellow shard. I have all the yellow shards in the game and all of them are passived out. So I have every yellow shard in the game. I have all the resistances. I have all the expertises. I have all of the, the secret finding, all of the enhanced gold. I have it all. <laughs> When it came to the shards, right? I really like the the shard system again because it's kind of the same as the weapons where they don't change too crazy. You know, projectile is a projectile, a summon is a summon, but they're still different, and it still gave me a satisfying feeling. Where every time I got a soul, I'm I'm gonna try it out. Oh yeah, you know, hundred percent. I never felt like hell yeah, like fuck it, like whatever. I'm not gonna do. It. I'm not gonna do it. Like I always want to try out these souls, and if this game does anything. It promotes grinding. Yeah. Whether that's for shards. Oh, my or, God. For ingredients, bro. Oh, or, my or God. Or materials, which you, I'm sure you'll get into later. Oh, God. Or, you know, whether it's for shards. PTSD. Materials. PTSD so much, dude. Whatever it is. Grinding in this game was fun because you're always getting new stuff. And the stuff that you do get, like, let's say you're farming the same monster over and over again. Every time you get a better shard, it's getting better. It's getting stronger. No, no. Uh, I to a point it was until you start grinding for two specific materials, and those two specific materials are flying beef and ori calcum. But those are the exceptions, right? Yes, those those two are the most frustrating because flying beef has a one percent drop rate, and ori calcum has a two percent drop rate, and only one. Only one enemy drops it in the whole game for each thing. As a Monster Hunter player, right? Oh, no, I get you. Of course, you're a player, too. Oh, yeah. We know all about RNG. Uh, Let's see. I grinded for at least 30 days every day. 30 days every day, at least three hours a day, trying to get a freaking Glavinous Shard. There is no way. Uh, There's no way it was 30 days. Mm -hmm. Not 30 days. A month? I didn't get it. No, I call bullshit. There's no no way, right? It's true. 30 days? Mm -hmm. I got one. And I... Oh, no. I got one because I crafted the um, insect glaive for the Glavinus to to hunt uh, Shrieking Legiana and uh, the Vulcana because okay. those weapons were, in my opinion, the most fun to fight those monsters with. 
So my, the point I'm trying to make is uh, we know pain. Mm-hmm. Some know more pain than others. Whether that's in the form of Monster Hunter not getting the item you want in 30 days. Oh, or man, I'm more than trying sure. Trying to get like, beef. MMOs, man. I like, mean, Monster Hunter, excuse me, with the charms? Oh, the my God. Oh, my God. Trying to get uh, a, your attack boost jewels but, and the decos? I mean, oh, my God, dude. <laughs> that's Monster Hunter. I mean, but the only, I'm just talking but, about Monster Hunter because uh, it relates to the, well, the whole grinding let's, aspect. Let's talk about materials and what they're used for. I, I think that'd be easier to do than going specifically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Materials are items collected either in blue chests in certain areas or dropped by monsters. And they can range from ore to cloths to pieces of the monster to food items. Food items. Ugh. And you use these through the crafting system. And the crafting system in this game is actually pretty cool. at towards the end it gets kind of annoying just because of the rarity of the drops but it's super cool you can go through this game and not use money if you wanted to i don't know i don't know why you wouldn't especially for potions and stuff but if you craft you can go through the whole game and get all of your items through crafting and that's really cool when you have the materials and the and the bestiary in this game is also really good let me ask you this Ray, because i'm curious where you sound on this when it came to the crafting, obviously you went through the crafting. Was that because you enjoyed the crafting or because you just wanted to 100% the game? So you're like, I will deal with the crafting in order to get. Oh, the, the crafting, the, the crafting didn't get bad again until like the last five or six items you have to craft. Like the getting all of the weapons wasn't super difficult because once you get eternal blue, you kill everything in like two hits or four hits. Like, especially when you're level 90, whatever, like I was, um, but during early parts of the game, it's a super fun way to grind for items, um, for healing options, especially since in this game, food, when you eat it for the first time, gives you a permanent status buff. So it's like, oh, I've never eaten this before. Now my stats are a little bit higher. And I think you can get it up to like a 50% stat upgrade in every stat if you eat all of the food in the game. Because what I would have liked, and I don't know if you share the same opinion, and that's okay, where I would have preferred if the weapons, like, you know, instead of crafting weapons, if they were locked behind some kind of mini boss or boss where you would be rewarded with, you know, this really cool, powerful weapon by defeating this boss or challenge as opposed to, you know, having to farm the materials and Um, craft the uh, the weapons. That's actually, they put it together. Uh, Some of the bosses, the, the three... Um, super bosses, which was the 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 butcher or the car- the carpenter, yeah. the millionaire's bane, and the um the warrior. I don't remember his name because it was that stupid slot machine. Mm-hmm. You get the imbute, you can get the uh from the from the Richter Belmont fight where he's throw like the it's it's essentially the Belmont fight in that game. He gives you the imbued skull, which you need to make Eternal Blue. That's right. I so, remember. I recall now yeah. fighting that dude over and over again because mm-hmm. I needed a very specific item. Imbued skull. Imbued skull or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's You're right. So, no, no. I take that back then because it, it definitely did have that. Especially, again, towards the end. And especially like the, the ones that are super fun are those. The ones tied behind the boss fights because the, especially the, the carpenter, that boss was hard. It was. It was, it was. He did so much damage. It was pretty annoying. <laughs> he was the it most was frustrating. He, he fight. was. He was the most annoying one because Millionaire's Bane was cool because it's essentially like 
it was pretty unique, man. Yeah, it's super unique. It, it, it's essentially like it's like the one platformer boss in that game where you have to like move accordingly. Because most of the time you just kind of like dodge what the boss is doing. You don't really have to worry yeah, about yeah. the stage at all. But this one's like, oh, there's cannons in the back, or it's raining gold, or you just have to like move around. Mm-hmm. But that boss, or those bosses specifically, were super fun to do. The, again, the two that were the most annoying were the ones that had the lowest drop rate, which was the Flying Beef and uh, Ori Calcum, which was dropped by the G Axe Soldier. I don't remember the name of the cow monster, but you fight in the Oriental Science Lab. It's the only spot in the game that it spawns and it's it's super cool i think it's really awesome but again the last things you have to do are super annoying just because rng can just like kick you in the teeth if it wants to like again i grinded for like three hours to get one flying beef and you need two and then the ori calcum the my first playthrough it dropped almost immediately and my second playthrough it took me again like another hour and a half let me ask you something, Ray. I'm curious. How did you feel about the enemy design? When you see that giant cat, that giant dog. Oh, I don't. Before you say anything, Ray, they look fucking scuffed. They oh, yeah. looked bad. They looked horrible. I don't. I don't want you to defend them. I'm I really not, don't I'm want you to gonna, defend them. I'm not going to defend them. They look like okay, dog shit. I was, literally, dog shit. They look bad. They looked really, really bad. I'm like, I don't know if you're going to defend this, but I just want to talk about how some of the the enemy design in this game, some of it. And not the majority. It's, you know. It's the minority. It's usually those big it, yeah. weird enemies that looked really bad. And Some of the enemy designs look really scuffed, man. Like, they did not look good. Yeah. I like the, um, I like the bosses that give you movement speed. The ones that look like uh, like the hand. The hand was the one that looked, it looked pretty scuffed. The one where you can grab stuff and move it. But the double jump boss with the, the rainbow wings looked super cool. The yeah. boss that gives you the laser light movement ability. Where you can reflect off of mirrors. That yeah. boss was super cool. Like Twin Dragons was cool. Twin Dragons was awesome. That was a dope. That was a hype fight. When they when they grind their yeah. routine. Um what's the name of uh the inversion boss was pretty cool. The fu- the fire inversion dragon thing, even though that was fucking frustrating as hell because that boss did so much damage. The Zangetsu boss was super fun. Oh, Zangetsu one and two are some of the best fights in the game. Z- difficulty I, spike. Uh difficulty Zangetsu spike. one. Zangetsu one is I would say the hardest boss in the game for the level Voiced in by which David Hader. Yeah. That guy is. Hell better. yeah. His voice is amazing. His he's you're talking about characters design. Zangetsu drips, bro. He's got drip. I don't know <laughs> bro, what to say, man. He ain't dripping in the right direction. Man. I don't want. <laughs> I love the way we'll, it looks. We'll disagree. We'll agree to disagree. I think he looks is, awesome. My dude is not dripping in the right direction. Nah, he's man. dripping, like, bro. He's dripping. He's covered in like talismans. He's got black steel boots. He's got a fucking katana. What makes you think he isn't cool? Bro, that dude, he doesn't nah, belong in the game. Zang- he, nah. he, he belongs in the game. But that dude is dry. Nah. That dude's dry. Nah, he, don't, nah. he don't fuck he nothing. Is drip drop, he's drip <laughs> he drop dripping, shit. bro. He ain't drip drop dripping nothing, bro. That dude's dry. Just came out the goddamn dryer. Wrong. But the fight, though? Oh, the yeah. fight is sick. Even the Zangetsu 2. Zangetsu 2 is super hard. He hits he like really the trucks. You, uh, I think Zangetsu 1, I would say, is the hardest boss in the game just because nothing you've encountered at that point in time does that much damage to you. He teaches you how to play. Yeah, because Zangetsu 1, he teaches you patience. Because the first boss, you can just kind of like face tank and just like hit over and over again. Yeah, yeah. The second boss is Zangetsu, I think. Yeah, uh, don't yeah. Look a mirror. Second oh. boss. He's the second <laughs> boss in the game. You know how ridiculous that is. 
it's literally like you get the first boss and then you get the like one of the hardest bosses in the game just because the first boss like the most it'll hit you for is 20 15 maybe and then you start finding these on get soons that gets you hitting for 30 and 70 and it's just like oh, i don't know what happened or the explosion that uh because he he levels up he powers his sword up if he hits you with the explosion from the fire slash it's a hundred and like 30 damage which at that point in the time, at that point in time, is like a quarter of your HP if you're just not like grinding it out. You're talking about characters, right? And I just, I really want to give a shout out to uh, Iga and the team making yeah. Miriam customizable, man. Oh yeah, with uh, Sweeney. You know how much I love that kind of stuff, man. Oh yeah, I, being dude, able to change the hairstyles. Like, man, I like, I like, like when you put on helmet, when you put on helmets or like masks, it actually changes your face. Yeah, it, that's my shit. Yeah, that's I, my shit ring. I know. I use Pilates, which is super cool because it got horns and it's like yeah. nice golden stuff. Or I don't know if you ever got it, but if you get every shard in the game, um, you get, or I think it's every shard in the game, and then like a hundred percent map completion. I don't remember. You get Jeebel's glasses, and Jeebel's glasses. You don't use magic at all. Really? Yes. None of anything that you do in the game that uses magic does not use magic. Super Dante over here, cheat codes. Yeah, but it is super useful, especially late if you're doing the crafting completion stuff. It's a hundred percent. Don't do what I did because it sucked. Um, don't try to complete the game before you get Jeebel's glasses because there is an exploit with Jeebel's glasses that gets you Buku money. You go to the underground water place. And there's a place and there's a spot that's like completely untouched um, lamps. And with Jeebus glasses, since you won't use mana, you just run through them over and over again and you get a bunch of money. Which is how I did a lot of like the stuff towards the end of the game because you have to buy like Alkahest and stuff and that sucks. On the bright side, I mean, again, to reference Hollow Knight real quick again, you can fast travel in this game a lot. Like there's a lot oh, of places yeah. you can go to and you you're not... I don't, I don't. I guess you're not stressing to try and find like a Stagway, in, like in Hollow Knight. Here, yeah. it's pretty. You know, or even giving. benches, man. Like finding benches in Hollow Knight can be a, a, a task sometimes, especially like the ancient basin, the abyss, like um, the like Kingdom's Edge. That whole area probably only has one bench between the four of them, and that suits. And but this game is pretty. It's pretty forgiving with its save points. And what's cool about that is that the game doesn't, like, kick your teeth in for dying. Like, it's literally just a death, go back to the save. But if you don't save, it can be bad. Because I've lost hours of grinding in, for into to this game. Where it's literally like, I'm, I'm grinding for an hour and a half trying to do something. And then I'm just stupid, not paying attention to my HP, and then enemies three shot me. And I'm like, oh, oh no. Yeah, you you got to watch out, man. I also, I also say that this game... <laughs> Especially even towards the end, I think it scales very well. Like if you don't grind at all and you're just like trying to get from area to area, boss to boss, the game is hard. Some of those bosses hurt. Like the abyss dragon in the library, the black dragon, if it yeah. hits you with that claw attack, it's it's like three hundred damage. That's a big chunk, man. Yeah, it hurts. That game the game is super fun. I love the mobility in it. The mobility is great. The inversion thing is really cool. That's not a, a mechanic that I would have ever thought of, which is it's a the movement ability that you probably get last in the game. No, you get the teleport last in the game from yeah. Gremory. Is that her name? Uh, I think it's I the think name. I think so. The, the blonde chick? Yeah. No, Gremory is the red chick that's like doing things with Jeebel. The moon oh, boss. Right, 
But uh, oh, uh, yeah, I know what you mean though. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. what do you think? Of, like t- talking about that, and I guess uh, spoiler alert. What did you think about the story? Because it's. We, do you want to go first, or should I go? Or should I go first? You should go first, because okay. I I already know what my opinion is. Like I don't have to okay. think about it. I thought the story was. I don't know. Man. I thought it was very lackluster. You know, obviously it's a Castlevania game. The story is there's there's a story like in that Dracula's castle. Castle showed up, make it go by. But it kind of I felt like there was more of an attempt to put a story in this game as opposed to some of the the previous Castlevanias. Mm-hmm. Would I be would I be correct in that? Except for maybe like Arya, Sorrow, Donna Sorrow, mm-hmm. and Portrait of Ruin. Portrait of Ruin had a pretty interesting story. Okay, but like uh, like Symphony of the Night, you know, like it didn't really. No, it's like, like Alucard it beat Dracula. Like, oh, it, it, it's the yeah. same thing. It's like beat Dracula. It's like is that really the story? It's like yeah, and. The characters I felt were very, very one dimensional, whatever. I didn't really care for them too much. Some of them were cool. The voice, the voicing was pretty cool. Sometimes the, I think the the voicing is really cool. Some of uh, I talked about this. Uh, I streamed the game for my friends. Uh, well, this is weeks ago now, but there's a character named Johannes, and he's your crafting homie. He's your helper. He's the guy who does the crafting for you or with you. His walk cycle and run cycle is the worst shit I've ever seen. It looks dumb as fuck. But it's okay because you only see him like four times in the whole game. He looks like a little shit. He, he looks bad. His feet, dude. Next time I'm going to play the intro of the game for you, dude. Look at his feet. His feet look <laughs> like they're eight feet long. Like when he's running. Yeah from, his, yeah, from his heel to his feet, his foot looks like it's like 16 inches long. It's ridiculous. Oh it's huge. <laughs> but man this story did not impress me man um, eh, no. the, the, the gameplay was impressive I, I enjoyed it a lot but the story in itself if you want a good story this isn't a story game this isn't that type of game this is you know gameplay carries it mechanics carry it Yeah. but story wise I would say there's very little to look forward to in the story and it's just something that, that I felt was attached afterwards to kind of make the world make sense because they didn't really have any background or set up into yeah like Castlevania. It, like you know what Castlevania is, you know what you're getting into. Yeah. And this is something where they had you to don't figure know out anything why. about it. They had to figure out why there's a castle. Yeah, and they're putting stuff in there, yeah. and it felt very after the thought. Yeah. I'm like, I this I have no interest in this. Yeah, it's just like yeah, movie. man. It's like they're shards. Okay, cool. That's cool. They summoned a hell castle. It's like how and why? This is like, like because yes. It's like oh, I like, okay. maybe. You don't think it's as shitty as I think it is, but I don't now, know. Like, the, where do you the, stand on the whole story thing? I think, like, I agree with you. It was an afterthought. At least it felt like an afterthought, where it's just like, we created this dope game. Hey, man, is anybody writing a story for this? Fuck. You know what I mean? It wasn't, it doesn't, it didn't feel thought out a, as much. It literally felt like Symphony of the Night Story 2.0. Like, they just kind of, like, took all the characters out and put in new characters. Kind of. You can um, tell it wasn't a priority. No, and... I'll I'll even go so far to say this. I think the last boss was lackluster. I agree, and it, it wasn't even it wasn't fun. Uh, the last phase because the, the, when the you last, like, yeah, the yeah last the phase. last phase because Where fighting fighting the boss the the first phase of the final boss that was actually pretty cool because yeah, you had to you, like you had to be creative in it too. Yeah, you have to like you have to be dodge your reactions have to be on point, or you have to have a bunch of heal items, which I did. But the last phase was this. It was not good. It was the same thing. If you've ever played Aria Sorrow, that's the same. It's the same last boss fight. The last boss fight's trash. Like the last era of the game, I thought had some really cool boss fights. 
Oh yeah, I mean, like, you know, and, and challenges with like the sprinting and the the gambling boss again. Or... Oh yeah, yeah, he was called Faust or something like that, or something with a V. I don't remember his name. Veil Four. His Veil Four. That was his name. You get to the last boss. First phase is cool, and the final phase, it's like, bro, like this, it kind of. Because they, they, they want to make it epic, right? They they want to make it epic. It's like, well, like some crazy shits going on, blah blah blah. I'm like, this isn't fun. Like it, the, the it was easy mode. The fight was whack. It was yeah, it was whack. It's like this is lame. Yeah, I get it because phase one was kind of intense. Then you go to this final phase, and it's like nah. Like it looks like the animations and stuff. Like it it looks cool, but and that's because that's a me. that's a fucking stretch, man. That boss fight wasn't fun. Yeah. And I don't want to say that they, like you know everything in this game like oh I'm not, I'm not trying to shit on the game but there are some parts where I felt no, like it, it was very I, weakened. I love the game. I think the game is really great. But it's the same thing with Symphony of the Night. Like there there's bad things in that game. It's the same thing with Aria Sorrow. There's just bad shit in that game. But it's literally two or four bad things as opposed to the whole game. You know. Yeah. The good outweighs the bad for sure. Oh wait, like in in spades, I believe. I love. Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. It's so good. The story, the story is whatever. The combat's great. the The movement feels good. Like you move at a steady clip. I really enjoy it. Um, and then like it's the it's the same thing that every Metroidvania game has, which I love about the genre. Go get to an area, beat a boss. Boss gives you movement ability. Time to go all the way back to the beginning of the game and just walk through it all over again. See what you missed, especially when you get inversion ring. Oh man, getting inversion was so good. Getting inversion, the double jump, the laser, all of it was good. The music is good. The music is really good in this game. Um, I can't believe we waited till the end to talk about the music, <laughs> but it, it's the violin, man. The the music is super cool. It's fucking dueling peaks or the the where you fight the two headed dragon. Yeah, the Tower of Twin Dragons. That's what it's called. That song the aesthetics, is man. awesome. The aesthetics, I love the aesthetics. It's super gothic. And then when you get to the certain areas of the game, uh, Oriental Science Lab, I love that area in the game. It looks cool. That uh, dude, That's what I like about Castlevania is where it's a castle, man. It's a, it's a castle. But and like a bloodstained, it's, it's a castle. But there's just, you got ninja shit. You got like demonic shit. You, you got, got science shit. Cathedral shit, science shit. There's just so much in there. It's like library. Oh, it's like it's awesome. It's the same thing it's with absurd, Symphony of the Night. It's so cool. Yeah, it's so cool. Like yeah. that, that that stuff is interesting. Where it's like, like the game doesn't make sense, but it makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense in the world, which is so huge for me in Metroidvania games. Which is why I just ignore the story and bloodstains. I'm like, I'm just done. No, <laughs> the story, the story, the story is like water trash. It doesn't, it doesn't need to be there. Like, but it's. I just, can see why it's there. I, you know, we can I, see barely. why it's there, but yeah, we can see why it's there. It's like, uh, uh, I, sure. I want to see what they're gonna do with it next because I know that they are. Are they making a sequel? I don't know. I know they they made Curse of the Moon and Curse of the Moon 2, which are the 2D, more like original Castlevania games. Great games from what I've heard. Yeah, I've heard similar things. So if they're making another Bloodstained game, I want to see how they attach the story to this because it kind of seems like they wrapped up the story in a really neat bow. So I don't know how they're going to bring, either bring back Miriam, create new Shard Binder. Are you going to play as... Um, Zangetsu, like, what's gonna happen? I don't know. If they go through the Kickstarter process again, I mean, I don't know. I don't think they should have to. I don't don't think they should have to. I'm pretty sure that they can secure funding knowing, you know, that Bloodstain did really well. I just hope that 
I'm not a game developer, so I'm probably talking. I'm talking out my ass here. You know, like all everything I'm saying is probably wrong, or it's not. I don't know. I can't tell you whether it is or isn't. But if they're getting like five mil or more than that, I hope that the next game is more polished because this game, which was promised, you know, released on all cons on all consoles, I believe. When it released on the Switch, it played like oh, shit. My, it's, it, 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 it might still play like shit. I think it still plays like shit. Like it has super bad frame rate issues. Like that's fucked up, man. Yeah, I think we got lucky because we played it on PC, and when I played it on PC, I had. I didn't have a single issue. I, I think I might have crashed once. And that's because it was in an area of the game, which is the volcano area, the lava area, mm-hmm. where if you had Harrier and you were running up a slope, it would push you into the ceiling and you'd get stuck. Oh, so it's just very, it's like very specific. Yeah, it was super specific. That's the only time I ever have the game like soft lock where I was like, like okay, I, I never, sucks. I never had. A crash like the game to me performed yeah. you know amicably Same. but i do know that especially on the switch this played like shit and honestly that really sucks because a lot of people kickstarted for the switch the port. switch port yeah and if, they, if it's still not fixed then i think that, they, that's just, I, that's just i think they, they fixed it with all of the content patches that it got because it did get some con- some really good content patches like they added secret bosses and like I think they added the Ega boss, but that was like a, a backer exclusive or something like that, which I didn't get, so I haven't fought Ega himself. But uh, the rebalancing mod yeah. or not mods, uh, patches. Yeah, and then like putting her in other games, like I we I just talked about Blasphemous or just talked about talked about earlier about Blasphemous. They added Bloodstained Trials in Blasphemous, which scares me because Blasphemous was already hard enough. So now they're like, it's ultimate difficulty. I'm like, was it not already on ultimate difficulty? Would you say Blasphemous is harder than Bloodstain? It's different. It's shorter. I would say that some moments in Blasphemous were more difficult, especially some of the earlier bosses were really like, you were really squishy and they were very tanky. So it's just like that thing where you have to be more patient. Where Bloodstained had... If you were patient enough and you were quick enough, no boss should have been a super big issue until you get to like the Millionaire's Bane, the or the Carpenter and uh, the Belmont boss that I can't remember the name of. The Revenant. That's what it was called. The Revenant fight. Though Those three fights are the ones where it's just like, this is horse shit because they were very, very hard. Zangetsu won. And then uh, I can't say I had too many issues with any of the other bosses off the top of my head. Uh, I had an issue with the laser light boss, and then I had an issue with the uh, veil four boss. But once you figure out the cheese, you just beat him really fast. Um, but I think for for Bloodstained, I I would say if you're on the fence and if you've played Castlevania or if you've played even a game like Hollow Knight or even Blasphemous, if you've ever played a Metroidvania game and you're looking for a way to get back into the genre, this is a great game if you're not going to complete it. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. No, don't say it like that. Complete, if you're not 100% it, right? If you're not going to like uh, complete the game, not beat the game. Beating the game is fun, especially if you're doing it like naturally. But if you want to do 100% completion, the game can be a little bit of a ball buster. Just a little bit, especially the OD fight. I finished the game. I didn't 100% it like Ray did. So I don't know that pain that he harbors in his heart for it, for that 100%. Simple playthrough. I got, I didn't, you know, 100% it. 
and it felt good. I would go back and play it again. I've actually, I've gone back. I haven't beat it again, but I've gone back and played it every now and again. And again, and uh, it's, I like Hollow Knight more, but if you don't like Hollow Knight, but you like platformers and stuff like that, try this game because this game, again, it's the same, but not the same. It's different. And it might be, you know, it has more variance. It has more variance in gameplay. If you got, if you got, if Hollow Knight gameplay got stale for you, then this game won't just because of like the wide variety of weapons, the crafting, the, the, the shards, the leveling of the shards. Like it, it, there's a lot of content. If you really want a game, that's going to really give you the t- content you want. You want a 30, 40 hour game. Bloodstained can be that for you, especially with again, completion. And I think with that, ladies and gentlemen, that has been our two part Metroidvania series. For right you now, part three with Blasphemous, you think one day, right? That's what I, I look forward to. You would have to play it, and I, I mean, I have it. I'll play it. Yeah, it, it's. I would have to try to beat it again because I don't. Well, actually, no, that's not true. I'm not. I'm not going to do that anytime soon. I just beat it today. <laughs> well, there you go. It's already leaving your mind. But no, yeah. it's not leaving my mind. It's just like the game. That game can be pretty difficult. I got stuck on. I got stuck on one boss for the better part of an hour, but it's the game's fun. Uh, Bloodstained is fun. Hollow Knight is fun. If you're if you haven't played video games in a while, I suggest that you try these games out because they're very much they have a, they have an older soul for video games, and it's cool. Hey, I'm grabbing the mic. Play the game. Play this one. Play Hollow Knight. Play the game. Stop playing your God of War. Last. Stop playing your action adventure game. All right, just stop. For, for a week, play one of these games. Put put down Have some fun. Put down the war zone. Put down the put Fortnite. down the war zone. Put down the Tetris. Put down the Fortnite. whatever it is you're playing. Whatever it is you're playing, Genshin Impact. I don't care. Put it down. Play one of these games. Have a good time. Hell yeah! And I is think with, I think I think with that, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for us. We will. All right, I'll take it easy, man. Yeah. Peace. <laughs>